everyone. Welcome to another episode of Caught Between a Tie and High Heels, a transgender podcast journal where I share past experiences and new situations as I slowly step out of the closet to free myself from the tie and live my life completely in the high heels. I'm Jamie, your hostess and friendly neighborhood trans lesbian, and welcome to the podcast. Welcome to another episode on this glorious Tuesday. Well, I have no idea if it's glorious or not, but <laughs> we're just going to call it glorious on the 26th of April, 2022. Welcome. Um, as always, I want to make sure that I first uh, say thank you to our patrons. Thank you. Love you. Love you. Thank you so much for believing in us enough. Um, and uh, thank you so much for being there for us. Also, uh, if I sound weird... <laughs> and I always start a little bit more. I have started Invisalign and uh, basically to straighten out my teeth. Um, I'm uh, I'm two weeks in and I'm kind of, uh, I don't know if regret is a good word to say. It may be a little strong, but oh my God. Um, I really wasn't sure what I was signing up for. But it is, uh, it's definitely interesting. If you've ever done Invisalign, uh, you have this opportunity to do this. Interesting. The reason I'm doing this is I have one little snaggle tooth that's down in my front. Um, and I continue to bite my lip. And I have, basically I've done it all my life. I've had this all my life. I was never in braces when I was a kid or anything else like that. My mom just couldn't afford it. And... I keep biting my lip with this little snaggle tooth and man, when I do, it hurts and it happens just out of the blue, you know, when you're chewing gum or you're eating or whatever the case may be. And I'm just like, I'm done. I'm done. I can't, I can't do it anymore. Um, and we have decent enough insurance now to where it would like help to pay the majority of it. And, um, so I was like, I just, let's do it. So if I sound weird, it's because I got these stupid things on my teeth. Uh, I can't take them off until I eat. And it's a pain in the ass because my teeth have never been this clean before in my entire life. Let me tell you, I I have flossed uh, three times today. I have brushed four times today. <laughs> and I've, I've uh, rinsed my mouth with mouthwash twice. And uh, just to make sure that everything is okay. And I've brushed these things. I've brushed my teeth. Yeah. So my teeth are really white. They're fantastic. But also one of the things I didn't really realize was is that they put these little nubs on your teeth. And I thought that they were nubs like pieces of plastic that were in the aligners that you pop in, you know, like dentures over your teeth. No, 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 no. They're things that they attach to your teeth in order for those little aligners to press up against and move your teeth. And honestly, it feels like I've got rocks. I'm licking rocks when I try to run my tongue over my over my teeth it's like I'm licking rocks it's just like I want them to be smooth and these things are rough as all get out so it's um it's a new experience for me and trying to uh talk with uh, both it's producing a lot of saliva (laughs) 
it's producing a lot of saliva in my mouth, uh, especially when I talk. And so if I have to stop for um, do a saliva check or something along those lines, uh, I might be doing more of those during the podcast. So a uh, partial reason why there wasn't a podcast last week is that I was getting used to, I was only three days in when I was set to record. I was only like, oh no, I take that back. I was four days in. Um, yeah, four days into uh, having them in my mouth and it was still trying to get used to it. So I'm doing better on the second week, but uh, yeah, we're we're going to see. We're going to see. Uh, tomorrow I get to put in my number two aligner. I get to graduate to two out of 18 that I have to put in and I'm just thrilled to death, <laughs> but I know I'm going to have, uh, straighter teeth. Oh, and the other, uh, uh, the, the reason I know that this is a uh, hellacious treatment is that she had to saw. I love my dentist, by the way. Um, more saliva. Sorry. <laughs> so, she had to saw uh, spaces in between my teeth because my teeth are so crowded, especially my uppers. They're so crowded. There's no room for a lot of of movement. And so you have to create the room. How do you do that? Well, they take a little bandsaw, not motorized, but it's just, you know, you hold it in your fingertips and everything else between your thumb and your first finger. And you basically, you grind and saw away sanding basically if you will in between spaces in between your teeth and I have these huge Grand Canyon like crevasses between my teeth now and literally I could probably park a small VW between two of these teeth and uh makes flossing amazing um so it's it's an experience but you didn't listen to this podcast to hear me bitch about my my teeth and my weird problems um as the more, more saliva, again, you're going to hear this throughout the entire thing. So I'm really sorry ahead of time. I apologize. Uh, I'll try to take a couple more drinks more in order to like, get it all down. Um, as the title, as you saw, those memories suck and memories are, are, they're painful and they really are. Uh, as you know, if you've listened to this podcast or some of the previous episodes, you know, I've mentioned before that I'm writing my autobiography. Um, my memoirs, if you will. That always sounds more pretentious than what I really... I'm just writing down my life, okay? Like memories that I had growing up and dealing with this really crazy thing called being transgender uh, or being a transgender person and my gender dysphoria or whatever other label there is out there. I'm really kind of losing track uh, of all the things uh, that are out there. But anyway, um, I'm writing all these stories down. Well, as you write you start to remember things, details that you willingly shoved into the dark corners of the back of your mind. Uh, things that you, good or bad, um, you know, you can just, you know, you can go down the laundry list like, oh yeah, I did that, did that. Now look, yeah, you know, I did this one time. But you don't go in any details. When you start writing, <laughs> you Details abound. They, that's what you need in the book is the details. You know, people want to know more instead of just the skimming over. Well, I did this. I did that. And uh, man, it, it's it dredges up a lot. Um, a lot of emotion, a very a roller coaster 
of emotion. And I mean that in the most literal sense. Uh, you, you have ups, you have downs. And I forgot how low my downs are uh, with this. So this is a very sobering. We haven't talked about this in my uh, therapy sessions, but oh, we will. This will be a topic and we will talk about this. <laughs> uh, I think we're going to need to. Um, but it, <laughs> But it is, it's therapeutic. It's very therapeutic. I know that this is important in order for me to get it out. And I, I'm, I'm going with the aspect or the thought as I'm doing this as that if it's difficult to write, it's going to be worthwhile in the book to get it out. And I keep, uh, again, uh, even starting this podcast, I've always wanted to reach out to others um, that may have been or may be in a similar type of situation where you're just sort of lost. You have no idea who to talk to. Um, I just hated that feeling. And writing this book brings that part up too, which is a, a, a cornucopia of crap, if you will, all onto itself. But you start looking at aspects of your life and you realize, wow, and I, I just can't imagine if somebody else is going through similar type of stuff, um, how much better it might be if you know that you're not completely alone. Um, so I feel that it's important and it's like, you know, I've always been told that anything worth doing is always going to be difficult. And this has been probably one of the most difficult things that I've been doing so far and uh and writing these things and uh man i got to tell you i the last couple of weeks i had um <laughs> our our house is still in turmoil uh i'm as i look around me i'm surrounded by uh two stacks of box four bags and i have a pathway basically to my desk in order for me to get here and and sit and if i move my chair any farther back i'm going to run into the boxes that are behind me so, yeah, I basically got enough room in order for me to pull out of my desk, swivel a little bit, and then take the walking path out into the hallway. Oh, God, this spit is killing me. Mm. Ah, much better. Okay. So, writing all this stuff down, and again, it's 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 a, a lot of things. And I'll give you a couple examples, but I'm not going to give you all the juicy stuff because you're just going to have to wait till the book comes out. Hopefully, it will get published. Um, by the way, if you know any publishers that are in Scotland or England, that's where I'm looking to publish, um, because I really want to go over there and I still, I want to work with a, uh, either a literary agent or a publisher over there, um, because that's where I really want to be. But I, I'm like my dad, for instance, this brings up a lot for me. Um, and it relates to also how I dated in my dating life. So my situation with my dad, um, my dad really never has been present with me. Uh, it was really kind of, I always wanted my dad's approval. I always wanted to do things with my dad. I always thought that it was really cool uh, to, you know, hang out. And he was like, he was, you know, all my youth, he was writing a book, so he's like wicked smart. He's got a. He taught me my sense of humor, um, with Monty Python and that type of stuff, and we we definitely connected on a lot. He could play three instruments. He had recorded in Nashville. Um, 
he was just cool. You know, I thought it was like, man, this guy, he can build houses and he, he can do woodwork really well. And I mean, this is just like, okay, this is, this is cool. But he was always sort of checked out. And, uh, you know, when I'm writing about this, I'm like, my, when I'm talking about my parents, I don't really have, I never, I did, I wasn't able to come up with only one really major or two, I should say. He helped me. We had a really bad snowstorm one time. And he helped me to build a snowman in the backyard. And um, I still remember that. I was probably seven, eight years old. Uh, we have I've got pictures of it. And that was really a good, a good memory. The other was um, <laughs> where we lived. We, it was really flat. But there was a landfill park that had turned into a mountain, basically, what they would call a mountain. It's it's a hill. But it's basic, it's a hill of trash that had been covered over with earth. And um, they turned it into a park. Well, it, because we don't have a lot of snow or anything else around here where, where we live, um, or where we lived, you were able to slide down this if you were to take a piece of cardboard like um a, you know um a a side of a of a box for a a refrigerator or a dishwasher or something along those lines and you you basically hang on to the front and you can slide down the hill on the cardboard and it's it's a lot of fun i remember doing that and i remember my dad doing that uh then i bring up other things like going to an amusement park that are just quite the opposite Going to an amusement park with my parents and my dad getting pissed at my older brother because he did something that my mom didn't like. My mom got upset, so therefore my dad got upset. And I just remember my dad didn't even finish his food and he got up and he threw it all away and stormed out of the place that we were eating. And the rest of us were just sitting there. <laughs> and it's like, okay, I don't know. I, don't, I have no idea what's going on. Um, but then when I started getting into this more, and again, the list goes on of different memories that I had, but the list goes on of, and I relate it to, I started, I moved on from my parents and I moved on to talking about the topic of me dating. And one of the things that really kind of made me jump back to my dad was saying to someone that I love you. I, I... I've said it to people, but at the same time, when I was dating early in my life, um, there were people that I had strong feelings for. Do not get me wrong, but, you know, <laughs> I have no idea what the hell love is. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, a teenager. You're wondering what's, what the hell's going on. And I've had a handful of people of dating uh, that I dated that were big relationships. There was a few here and there, like, you know, you go out and it's like, oh, I'm well, having a good time, but nothing really major comes of it. There's only a handful of people that I really dated and something actually came of it. And for me, my dad always told me that he loved me. And he called me little man. That was my big thing because he, you know, I... When I was young, I, uh, I I basically impressed him that I didn't cry a whole lot when they put a patch over my eye. I have really bad vision, 
And to make my one eye strong, they put a patch over my good eye, and I basically was walking around running into walls, and he just thought that was adorable, and I became the little man. But I was like, I love you, little man. I get that all the time. And then my dad divorced my mom and I. And I say my mom and I because he basically became non-existent. He was, he was already checked out doing his research and everything else while I was there. When he left, he was even more gone. And he lived right down the street. His mom <laughs> lived a block away from, from us. And that's where he moved into. And I will never forget the fact that it just felt very hollow. And I begged him to be a part of my life. Like I wanted to go and do things. And unfortunately, I ended up becoming a pawn. Like my mom was so upset and distraught. Is like, well, you tell that son of a bitch this. And, and then I would tell my dad what was going on. And, you know, because I was really kind of reaching out. And like, I don't want to be this person in the middle. And I basically ended up being that. Well, you tell that bitch this, you know, and. Uh, it just went on and on, and, and I, I had to stop it. The one thing that I was proud of myself for was when they actually asked me, who did you want to live with? I was 11 <laughs> when they came to me, and they said, your mom and I are getting a divorce. We want to know who you want to live with. I said, well, that's not it. How am I, 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 this is the one thing that I'm proud about uh, when I was 11, was I had enough sense in order for me to say, that is an unfair question. If I tell dad that I want to live with him, that's like telling mom that I don't care and vice versa. So that's not a question that I wanted to answer. That was not my decision. That was up to them. And of course, my dad left and, you know, the, the rest is history with that. But all during that time that he was gone, again, it was all, I loved you. I love you. Eventually it came down before he died. I was like, dad, you know, why, why weren't you ever around? Why didn't you, why didn't, you know, why why weren't you more of a factor in my life? And he told me, well, I never thought that you wanted me around. How did you get that out of me asking and begging for you to be part of my life? And I still, to this day, and he's passed, and I, I, I will never get that answer. I will never get, even if, probably when I die, if I see him wherever we're supposed to be going, uh, you know, I don't think I'm going to get that answer either. But that just drug up so much emotion for me. And again, when I talk about my, my dating, and it's like I talk about love. Well, when I said those to the people that I early that I was dating earlier, it was just as hollow as what I was getting from him. And, you know, and, and it wasn't like, but I will say as far as love is concerned, the more that I dated, the more heartbreak that I experienced... Um, the more I understood and appreciated love, like being able to, and I'm equating this because everybody goes, Oh, what is love? You know, no one knows it's, uh, uh, you know, well, okay. I'm not trying to get wax poetic here or anything like that, but it's just like, for me, when, after you've gone through the heartache, you know what it was in order to, at the time, because again, as you've heard in previous episodes, I lost my virginity at thir uh, 13 years old. Again, not proud, not bragging about it, but I was completely, or what I thought, what I was completely and madly in love with the person that I lost my virginity to. 
and again, the girl that I dated after her, I thought up all throughout high school, I thought I was madly in love with her. I screwed that up by being a complete utter idiot, which is yet another thing that ended up coming in. Um, emotion that ended up coming into the works. The next person after that, I love them. <laughs> but you start feeling the more that you're, you start getting your heart broken. And I never broke up with anyone until I was at least 40 some years old. Never did I ever break up with a single person. I always end up having other people broke up with me. And I can tell you about crazy breakups. Maybe that'll be the next podcast. Crazy breakups. That'll, that'll be it. All right. I'll make a note. Okay. So, um, but if for me, love, you start getting into that and it's like, you start realizing all the pain that you go through, the jealousy, um, that was one of the lessons that I learned early on was one of the girls that I dated at the end of high school. I had just graduated. She was a junior. And so I, we dated for a couple of years and man, I thought this was going to be it and everything else. And of course, you know, the, it comes up when you're making out in the back of your car and everything else. It's like, well, you know, do we want to do this and everything? And she was like, no, I want to wait until we get married and it's like you know again you're 19 you talk about shit you know it's like oh this will be great oh we're gonna be friends forever we're gonna love each other yeah that's a crock of bullshit once in a blue moon and if you if you have a lover or you have a spouse that you knew in high school good on you hang on to that person and don't ever let him go but not my experience and i wish that i did um so we <laughs> You know, you go through things, and here to come find out, we're saving one another. We're just going, doing the whole, you know, it's all great. Well, then I start seeing all the signs. You you find the notes in her car from other guys that were in school. Well, you're not in school anymore, so you have no idea about any of this crap until you, like, you know, you start riding in her car. And then you also see the mixtapes in the back of her car and the fact that she's got practice with this person or she has a rehearsal with this person, um... And all these guys that I know and, you know, I jealousy starts setting in. And that's exactly where my mind went to the point. And yes, I was creepy, but to the point where I got so uh, obsessed with this stuff and so jealous, I followed her to work. And lo and behold, 30 minutes after she was at work, she walked out and she ended up um, getting in a car with someone else and driving off. So I had I had dead to rights i think still to this day i mean i don't really know exactly what was going on but i broke it off and i'm just like i can't do this anymore you know but then i went into this whole tirade about being like i wanted her back i couldn't eat i couldn't sleep i'm not kidding i tried to eat i still have a memory of throwing up in the parking lot walking from my car to her apartment and just like literally dumping my groceries right there and i was oh my gosh and so that taught me, but that heartache helped me to define love for me better. You know, I, I I don't get jealous anymore. Yeah, I get a little upset, you know, if someone's going to cheat on me with someone. Okay, yeah, it sucks, it hurts, but I'm not going to get all worked up about it. It's just that we had a great time. Ciao, see you later. And that's where dad comes back in, is that... You be cold like that and shut down your emotion.
But while you were there, man, that was a great ride. Wasn't that, wasn't that nice? With D, I have to tell you that I don't, that would this it, it kills you. And I think if if D were to leave me like that and, and cheat on me uh, or you know uh, decide that she doesn't want to be in a relationship, of course. I mean, it's gonna be it would be mind crushingly uh, difficult for me. <sighs> but yeah. So, as I clear the spit out of my mouth one more time, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I really. Um, so the emotions that come into it, uh, and the way that you start seeing love after a, a period of time, it's just like, I don't know the, the pain. And again, writing about all this, the pain that you've, that you felt from previous, uh, relationships, they start to define what do you feel love is? And at least for me, that was where it, it and you know i can look back and say that you know i'm i'm friends with one person that i dated two people no i never dated her i am friends with her but i never dated her i am friends with one person that i dated and we ended on a very terrible note um just because we were looking for we were looking for different things and if you're listening, and I know that you know who you are, <laughs> because she does listen every once in a blue, um, it was not it was not proper. We wanted different things, and I was way too headstrong because I had just come out. Basically, the issue was I had just come out of my first marriage, and. She was coming out of her first marriage that was she had been married to her high school sweetheart. And we found each other and we helped each other through a lot. And she's an amazing, amazingly intelligent individual. And um we <laughs> and this is where I ended up being a dumbass and I did it wrong once again. <laughs> But again, remembering this, going back, because I'm writing about this in the book, and uh, just the emotions. I want to go back, and I almost want to like drop kick myself in the head every sometimes. Um, but there's also like just the pain uh, that I was feeling during that time that I wasn't explaining to her. It wasn't being fair to her. Um, I I felt that I had lost everything. I lost my kid. I lost my family. I lost my job. I lost everything uh, because I'm I'm a transgender person. And I was honest with my first wife, late way late because she didn't know when we first entered into the relationship. And of course, it ended up breaking up. And this person that I this this wonderful lady that I ended up dating afterwards, uh, she knew right from the get go was completely up front, up front and honest, but she didn't want to be in a lesbian relationship. And that upset me because it was like, once again, here I am, now I have to be, you know, and, and that's not fair because it's not what she wanted. But yet I ended up being the shithead about it and I ended up, you know, basically just ending things on a really bad note. 
I have since apologized profusely. I will continue to apologize. She knows this. Uh, I hope she knows this. And, um, but I cried, you know, when I wrote down this whole bit and remembering the aspects of that and the emotions, um, it, it was painful. It was hard uh, to go through those memories again. But I know that I need to do that because apparently the reason I'm I'm writing all this stuff down is because I think that also in some way, shape, or form, and this is just me being like, I don't know, introspective or I, I don't know, but there's something in me that needs to be, uh, to have one more final say about all this and then just put it all behind me. Maybe that's what this is because I'm starting a life new, you know, I'm, I'm presenting more, I'm changing my name, I'm legally changing my name, hopefully in the next couple months, getting that all squared away and everything else. I, this is a way in order for me to kind of get it out there. Yes, I did wrong. Yes, I was a complete idiot. Yeah, I made a lot of bad decisions, shitty decisions. But at the same time, I was just trying to figure it out. I'm no angel and I'm nobody's, uh, I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I totally understand that part. But memories, man, they're painful. And you put them in that dark place in the corner for a reason. And you don't ever look back. And there's a reason for that because they hurt, they suck. But they're still there. The, the power with them is still there. And it, when just when you think that it would dissipate, for me, I would think, well, I haven't thought about this in a long time, and this is way back then. You start overanalyzing. I always analyze, at least. I don't know about you. If you don't give it a thought, you're a much better person than I am. Uh, if you just let bygones be bygones and you're just, you're done. I just hang on to that crap. Uh, apparently, I don't want to get rid of it. <laughs> Because I can, I can still remember uh, all these little fine tunes, and the more I keep thinking, and then I let it go, and I walk away, and I come back, and like, oh shit, yeah, there's that part too, and then I did that, and oh yeah, and I did that too, and it's not good, you know. There are good memories, don't get me wrong, but I, I'm focusing right now on the painful ones that end up springing up on. Uh, you know, some random Wednesday or something when you've been writing for a while and all of a sudden it's like, oh, I should have added that in because, yeah, that sucked and that was part of it too. Maybe it's just me wanting to give you juicy stuff to read, uh, to be able to just throw it all out there. I have to believe that there's something good coming from this. So if it, if it does get published, I'm really, I'm kind of hoping that some some good in the world comes from it. We shall see. But uh, I'm gonna go get started on my um, on my uh, my breakups that I've had. People break up with me, so you can shitty breakups. So I'm gonna put that on. <laughs> That'll be our next podcast, next week's podcast. So for now, I really appreciate you spending the time listening to, me to uh, go and, and rehash all this. Um, and thank you for just letting me like you know basically clear my spit in your ear. Um, but I cannot thank you enough. I, I really appreciate you all being there. Of all the podcasts that are out there, and I've noticed, I, you know, you go fishing. There's a lot of transgender podcasts that are out there. A lot of transgender podcasts. So I can't tell you how much I appreciate you listening to mine. Um, and it means the world to me. So thank you, thank you, thank you. 
and you all have a great rest of your week and I will look forward to talking with you next week. Okay, bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode, there are a few ways you can help us continue making great content. You can buy us a coffee at buymecoffee.com forward slash Harry Rump. You can purchase some quality shirts and accessories at Harry Rump's House of Stuff or become a patron at patreon.com forward slash Harry Rump's House of Stuff. You can also do all those and contact us on our website at tyinhighheels.com. You can always find us on Instagram and Facebook at tyinhighheels. And don't forget to give us a review on iTunes. And email all of your comments and questions at jamie, J-A-I-M-E-E, at tyinhighheels.com. And as always, happy listening! Thank you.